0: Let's go! Welcome to the official Guns Up Nation podcast, the premier voice for the fearless fans of Raiderland. Oh he breaks! Oh, oh. He's the worst. Yeah, Red unbelievable! The Scarlet and Black are back on the final bowl club, and they hail from Lubbock, Texas. Let's meet today's hosts. Hey, how's
1: it going, everybody? Welcome into another installment of the Guns Up Nation podcast. I'm RC Maxwell alongside Tobias Bass down in H Town. Tobias, how you doing, man?
0: Doing well, man. Just, um, just waiting. Um, just, just waiting. You know, for a lot of things to happen today. Hopefully, I, I think everybody's so waiting.
1: I know what you're talking yeah.
0: about. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Every, every, everyone, everyone is waiting. You know, we're we're all waiting for something. You know, you know, our next meal. Um, presidential elections. You know. Basketball season to start. Yeah, right. There we yeah, go. Right. We're on the same page. Yeah, we're ready for a lot of things today. So, you know, hopefully we can get there.
1: Yeah, we're on the same page, Tobias. But on today's yeah. podcast, we're going to talk about Texas Tech football and what the hell happened on Saturday. We'll recap that and then we'll preview the TCU game as well, where Texas Tech comes in at nine and a half point underdogs to Fort Worth. And then, of course, the brunt of the podcast, we're going to have to talk about Texas Tech basketball. A lot of stuff is coming out now whether that's awards, you know, season, uh, being on watch list, um, the non-conference schedule coming out, and then uh, my favorite personally is the Ken Palm rankings. Love me a good Ken Palm ranking. But let's you go know. ahead and start it off, Tobias, with this football team, if um, that's what you want to call it to some degree. Texas Tech <laughs> um, got beat 62-28. to 28. And, Tobias, I, I, how much of this game did you watch personally?
0: So, I mean, I obviously, you know – you know, like, when you're a Tech fan, you know, you, you kind of get hyped for game but You know, unfortunately, Absolutely. we can't be there. But, I, but, you know, it's like, you know, crazy things happen in Lubbock at night. You know, we've been there. We've seen crazy things happen. So, you know, I was like, I'm going to be optimistic. Boom, we score first. I mean, I didn't I thought, think it would lie. Thought,
1: I thought it was going to be a close game yeah. when that happened. I yeah. really did. My whole mindset yep. changed.
0: And what's crazy is, I think we had, like, a, my grandfather and parents or something came over. I was outside, like, like in the living room talking to them. I was not in the living room that long. I come back, it's 14, and I thought, yeah, the game's over. I was I was like, yeah, this game's over.
1: Yeah, it it really did feel like that. Like, all yeah. the momentum, and I mean every ounce of it, was with the Red Raiders, right? Like, it, when they had that first drive. And it was methodical. Like, Columbia was dropping dimes on that first drive. Mm-hmm. To Eric is a comma, whoever it may be, right? He was dropping dimes. And I was like, all right. They open the playbook. This is awesome. Like, but I think everybody knew OU was going to score, right? Like everybody knew that. Right. This was going to be a shootout if it was going to be anything. And so I was like, okay, let's see what the defense looks like. You know what I mean? And, it, and then they get a stop. And you're yeah. like, oh, 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 okay. Tech came to play. And then literally, I think it was either the first or second play of the next drive. Henry Columbia throws one to Keyshawn Carter. Granted, first. Henry, It was a little bit behind him, right? A little bit behind him. Hit Keyshawn in the hands. I'm pretty sure Keyshawn would say he should have caught it. But at the same time, a little bit behind him. And, of course, it's a tip interception, and they score in, like, three plays. And I'm just like, all right, well, there goes all that momentum. This is going to be bad. Um, Obviously, they score really quick. And then, like you said, it was 14-7 in a blink of an eye.
0: But, yeah, how many times in the last past few years have we started off well against OU? Two years ago, Vontae Dorsey picks off Kyler, Kyler Murray twice. You know, this year we score a touchdown. Like you could have asked to be in a better position. You Score a touchdown first. Now then you get a stop. It's like right then you know like the momentum is strictly in your favor. You know, like 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 you know the game. You know, it's the first quarter. A lot of things can happen, especially in the Big Twelve. But how many times do we start off so well against Oklahoma? We just we don't even. I can't even say we don't even finish. We just we barely get out the parking lot and we're having an accident. Like we you know we're so early into this. You know, long road to victory, and we just can't do anything like we just it's just every time we play OU especially at home
1: yeah it's to be fair Tech hasn't had a lot of success against OU in their history Um, and in that Murray game I feel like it would have been different if Bowman didn't get hurt remember he dove towards the pylon and that was the punctured lung game Um, I don't I don't know how different it would have been I probably said OU would still win right but yeah like Maybe by, like, seven. I don't know. But for me, it's just I hear a lot of fans, and rightfully so, they're frustrated with the coaches and everything. And, you know, if, and maybe it's kind of our fault, too. Like, you and I, people in the media, stuff like that, especially myself, like, I try and find the positive in every situation. Maybe I just shouldn't. You know, I just shouldn't.
0: Know these guys.
1: guys. (laughs) And, and, And the thing is, like, I truly think Matt Wells is a good coach. I truly believe it. Like, in my heart, in my mind, in my gut, I truly do. The problem is damn David Yost. Like, I don't understand what the hell this guy thinks. Like, honestly, he is the greatest scripter of plays on the first two drives, maybe in the country. Like, this dude is elite in terms of the first two drives, scripting plays, like the first 15. But once you get to 16 and beyond, he might be the worst offensive coordinator. Like, it is insane. Like, you know Tech is going to be good on those first 15 plays. And you're like, all right. Like, we're good. We feel good about ourselves. And then shit just hits the fan. And you're like, where did that come from? What, what just happened? Like, where, where, where's the 15 plays? Where's the continue? Like, how? How are you doing this? How do you only script 15? And I get it. At the same time, like, as a coach, you only script 15 plays because you don't know what the hell's going to happen. Like, you don't right. know. Right? And that's 100% fair. But at the same time, you should learn stuff from the first 15 on, oh, I noticed a post pattern work. You know what? Let's not throw a post pattern because it worked that one time. Let's just throw bubble screens. Like, what the hell are you doing, bro? Eric Uzakama was beating his man regularly, and granted, he did get 13 targets. But throw the, throw the ball down the field. Like, what the <sighs> hell are you doing? Oklahoma's weakness is in the damn secondary, virtually like everybody's secondary in the Big 12. The Red Raiders yep. aren't excluded from that. But instead, he put him in a position where he was throwing bubble screens all damn night not using the middle of the field like he has always done. And, and it's just at this point where Yost has to go. Yost has Here's to go. Dad, dad, like, the only way for Matt Wells to keep his job here in Lubbock, and, you know, I, I it, it sucks to say because another man has to lose his job for that to happen, Yost has got to go. Like this offense yeah. is complete and utter garbage after the first it's, couple drives.
0: It's kind of like Madden, you know, when you play playing Madden, you know, get the computer or your buddies, and the first couple of plays, you do random plays. First couple of draws, you know, wow, you know, you got to get a quick little screen here, you know, a little toss, a reverse. You know, you got some quick little slants. You got some good plays going on. You score a touchdown, you maybe kick a field goal, it was 10-7. Then after that, it's a bunch of draws, bubble screens, and, you know, plays that just don't work. You're like, you know, you're scrolling through the playbook like, damn, I, what were these plays I was calling before, but it's too late by then and now you're down 28 to 10. It's just like, oh, well, now I, I guess now I'm going to just throw Hail Mary's the whole game. That's kind of what he does, but I agree. He definitely um has to get let go. And, you know, it was the SEC coach that did – I can't. I don't, I don't know if it was Tennessee, but he, he was his buddy. You know, he brought him over yeah, the there with coordinator. him. Yeah, coordinator. Yeah, was he, the, yeah. He brought his buddy over there with him. They got rolled, and he was like, you know what? You signed a two-year deal, well, you're not even going to get through the first one, buddy. And he got rid of him. You know, and I know – like you said, it's kind of tough for, to, well, you know, another man to lose his job. But like you said, for him to save his job, you're going to um, you're gonna have to make change. You're going to have to get radical. And you're going to have to start letting him go because how many games deep is he in? You know, he's had a full season and a half basically now to where it's pretty much kind of the same thing. It's not like he doesn't have talent.
1: No, he's 18 then, games deep.
0: 18, like, yeah, This, this, like this
1: isn't a small sample size.
0: Yeah. Like, you know, he's played he's played with three quarterbacks now. Yep. Yeah, three quarterbacks, and you know, at, at some point, you know, something, something has to oh, give. Well, I th- think...
1: technically, that's not true, right? Didn't didn't they play Jackson Tyner last year at OU? They
0: did. That's four games, four quarterbacks.
1: <laughs> yeah, it I, f- did. It was, uh, I forgot about Jackson Tiner.
0: <laughs> yeah, he played. Yeah, he played. They started four... him at
1: OU, right? And then they yeah. brought in Jet
0: Duffy. Yeah. So he said, "You're eighteen games in, four quarterbacks deep." Both of the talent, not only do you have both of the talent, these guys came back. It's not like you're teaching new kids a different system. These guys came back from last year to this year. And something has to give. You know, it's like it's tech offering. We can't even score a 30. Yeah, we got whacked, but we can't even score a 30, damn. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, when have you ever seen a Texas team? If anything, we'll lose, but we're definitely putting up points. You know what I mean? We're getting whacked, and we're not even putting up 30.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, we probably have to give some of the blame, too, to Patterson. Patterson, that that was just a dreadful performance on defense. Um, obviously – the they weren't
0: missing one of their best receivers, too? They were missing a couple of guys. Yeah, they were missing
1: uh, their second and fourth <laughs> wide receivers. Um, yeah, Tech was obviously – yeah, they they were missing um, – Tech was anyway, Kirshaw Merriweather, which, yeah. I mean, big piece missing, but it's not, you know, a 42 or whatever it was difference um, in the game. Yeah. <laughs> 63 to 28 I'm not good at math somebody help me out there what is that like 35 um just just unbelievable just it it was bad there was no positives from this game whatsoever um I mean like there's just none like it's one of those things where you know that old adage Tobias where it's like you throw the whole tape away like you don't even look at it you just know like it was bad it was bad there's no there's no point looking at it like you did nothing right that's what that game was for Texas Tech. And, and the problem okay. is, on offense anyway, on defense, I think it's taken some strides. They obviously had a big setback this past weekend. I think the defenses look good in some regards um, this year. At the same time, it still hasn't lived up to the um, standards that Tech fans want. And I don't think Tech fans expect them to be Alabama by any stretch of the imagination, just not be in the bottom five. Um, right. You know, the offense – like you said, Texas Tech fans are used to, you know, even if we're getting shellacked, cool. yeah, we're, we're at least going to score 45.
0: Yeah, at least. You know? The, the so, game's fun. Like, that game wasn't fun on say It wasn't fun.
1: No, I mean, it was over, like you said. I mean, it, as soon as they got to 21-7, it was over. I was like, okay, this is going to get ugly really, really fast. And when you put up 45, 48 points before halftime, that's what OU did. Yeah. Um you, you're um, in trouble. Yeah, that that, that there, there's no positives. I mean, there, there's nothing really else to talk about about that. So let's to, just move to on. Be,
0: well, one thing to be honest, if I'm Spencer Rattler. I'm pissed because. He only he do for a two eighty eight two touchdowns. I'm pissed because I feel like that could have been. He's not gonna win the Heisman, obviously, but that would have been my chance to just you know reinsert myself, quote unquote, into the Heisman. I'm pissed. If they ran for what six touchdowns, if I'm him, I'm like I want to throw for 450, 500, at least four of those puppies. That's how I am. He could done. easily, easily. If I'm him, I'm pissed. I'm like coach. Hey, next time we play them again, like let me let me throw some more touchdowns.
1: Yeah, it's um. Man, no, no positives. Um no. and now Texas Tech has to head to Fort Worth. Um, they're nine and a half point dogs right now. The Horn Frogs are one of those teams where I don't know how you feel about them, Tobias, but I think they're better than their record shows. Yeah. Um, I mean, you look at the games that they've lost, right? Other than the OU game, they lost to Kansas State and Iowa State by a combined ten points, right? Um, I mean, I, I think they're better than people give them credit for, and I mean, I'm not going to go out here and say that it's going to be what another 82 to 27 game by any stretch of the yeah. imagination. But I mean, I'm definitely taking TCU plus the points.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're like, they're, I mean, they're, they're never at home. You know, they're one of those teams. They kind of. You Kind of never know which team you're going to get. but when they're you know playing well, they're you know a pretty good team they did beat Texas earlier in the year when they were healthy and you know they were still on the field at the time but no, but I agree you know they they're definitely been in their record shows you know they're one of those teams where um like you kind of never know what you're going to get you know they when they play well they're not a pretty good team they did beat Texas you know earlier in the year when they when Texas still had um you know national championship hopes, but they're kind of reloading from last year and they had a bunch of guys get drafted, but they do have a good coach and you know they have a good system and they have good players, and you know they're a key passing coach team. You know they're gonna, they're gonna, you know they're gonna, they're gonna, be, they're gonna compete everywhere. They're gonna be tough. They're gonna be physical. And like I said, they're at home, so you know they're pretty much playing with house money. So I would take the uh, frogs plus the points.
1: Yeah, I love their quarterbacks, uh Matt Duggan, or Dugan, or however you pronounce it. I really like him. His story is really good too. In terms of um, had a heart condition early on, didn't know if he was gonna be able to play for the Horned Frogs this year, and. He's played really, really well um, considering what kind of system Coach Patterson and them run in Fort Worth. I mean, it's one of those things now where I'm looking at the Texas Tech schedule and, I mean, the only other game I think they might win
0: Kansas.
1: is Kansas. can. Like, I, I, it, it's one of those things for me where at what point do you realize if you're Matt Wells and crew, okay, this season is lost in the sense of you're two and four now. Um, one and four in conference. The season's already lost in everybody else's opinion, right? Um, But, okay, when do I just start putting guys in there that are, you know, freshmen and, you know, when do I start giving them a little bit more run and all that kind of stuff? Because for me, now at two and four, you know, sure, you can make a bowl game, but you probably won't um, in the sense of people think everybody is – everybody's eligible regardless – of their record this year to make a bowl game, but that doesn't mean you're going bowling. It doesn't. There's only a set amount. They keep dwindling. What seems, you know, the pool weekly almost. Um, so I think there's 72 bowl games right now. Maybe, no, there's less than that. Maybe 70, maybe 72 actually does sound right. Or maybe that's what they started with. But for me, what it looks like is just, okay. Um, no that that's way too high. It's about in the forties, I believe now
0: yeah no, yeah, it's like, yeah that was way
1: i I was doing awful math right there um, but when when you look at everything texas tech is i mean you you want Texas Tech to go to a bowl game just because it's an extra game and you get reps and everything like that, but really. I don't think it's going to happen. So what, what do you do if you're Matt Wells? Well, I would put, you know, the younger guys out there, see what you have. I'm not, I think you're going to play Columbia the rest of the season. I I truly don't think Maverick MacGyver will get a snap. I know fans have been clamoring for that for a while. I just don't see it happening. Um, but I wonder if you start using, you know, younger wide receivers freshmen where they're getting a little bit of run now, do they get more run, um, here to end the season, just to see what you have potentially. Do you put younger offensive linemen on that left side, like you just say rogers a true freshman? Hey, it's your job. Go win it or lose it. You know, get some game tape on you. You know, do you start guys in the secondary potentially that are a little bit younger at the safety positions? Like what? What? I, I don't know exactly what they want to do, but to me, it's just okay. Um, let's see what we have roster wise, especially with one of the better recruiting classes coming in in Texas Tech. Um, football program you know history in terms of if we keep it relatively close in terms of the past 15 years if you look at the sheer you know composite score of the kids not the overall rank of the class because last I checked Texas Tech only had about 15 kids in their class everybody else has about 18 to 19 so maybe coach Wells knows that some guys that are older or seniors are going to return next year like a Zach McPherson or a Colin Schooler or whoever it may be um but yeah, I mean, at at this point, if you're Texas Tech, I mean, it's legitimately hard for your fan base to watch offensively. Um, And, you know, defense hasn't gotten much better either. It's just one of those aspects and one of those times where if Coach Wells, um, you know, really is serious about keeping this job long term and getting off the hot seat, he's going to have to have that conversation with Yost Mm. and Yost is going to have to go. But Again, Tobias took TCU right there. I'm taking and, and the points. I'm taking TCU in the points too. The over under is sixty two points. I think TCU probably wins in the thirty eight, twenty four
0: range. Yeah, I was gonna say I was gonna say probably around yeah thirty eight twenty one something like that. And there's also there's thirty seven bowl games so far this uh, thirty seven. Okay, there yeah. we go.
1: Yeah, and, and they're dwindling because there's not money to there get from are. the fans and everything. Yeah. So, I mean, exactly. yes, technically everybody's eligible, like I was saying, but 37, what are we talking there, 37 times two, 74?
0: Check it. Don't take it. The
1: they're going to go to a bowl game, you think?
0: No, they're definitely not.
1: Oh, I agree. I agree they're not um, going to a bowl they, game.
0: They would have to win out, literally.
1: Well, it, it, the thing is there's no win qualifications. Yeah. So you can go zero and ten.
0: Yeah, yeah. And still thing. go to a
1: bowl game, but like at the yeah. same time, who wants a zero and ten team to go to a bowl game?
0: game, okay, yeah. So Get rolled.
1: Yeah, let's uh let's have some fun now, Tobias. Because man, yeah. that conversation was hard. Um, Texas Tech basketball. It's almost that time. November twenty fifth is going to be the tip off date for the Red Raiders as they announced their non conference schedule just a couple hours ago. You can check it out on gunsupnation.com if you want to go look and see exactly who they play and what kind of games stood out. Red Raiders will open up the season against Northwestern State on Wednesday, November 25th in Lubbock, and then they will play just 48 hours later against the Bobcats of Sam Houston State on Friday, November 27th as well at the USA. I mean, when you're looking at this non-conference schedule, Tobias, I mean... We knew it was going to be different. I think, you know, you and I, and shout out to Renee last year, y'all made fun of me for the non-conference schedule and everything like that. I thought it was harder than it looked. Um, I don't even know who was right in that regard. I didn't look at it or anything. I would probably venture to say y'all were more right
0: than I was. No, no, it was was 100% you. It was me. We we put like but like hell, beginning. They lost. Remember, they lost. Aya, Iowa. Aya Iowa ended up being really good. Creighton ended up being really good. Oh, that's really, right. Really the, the,
1: the non-conference um, was better. I forgot about that. You're right. You're right. I'm not trying to. I legitimately forgot who. who no, was. no,
0: no. It was you. I mean, good lord, I was wrong. Like, like you know, then the school, um, was it LIU Brooklyn? They came down to Lubbock. You know, they gave them oh, yeah, a yeah, scare yeah. for for what thirty minutes, roughly. I totally like I forgot. Seen.
1: I totally forgot yeah, about to that Vegas. Vegas tournament. I, I totally yeah, you go forgot to Vegas and get. Too.
0: Yeah, go to Vegas and get cooked. Yeah, no, that, that schedule was a lot, was significantly better. And I think, hell, I don't even think Iowa and Creighton thought they would be that good. Like, I don't, Let alone I don't, San they, Diego State. Oh, we, we didn't get to play them.
1: No, but they were at the tournament.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Tech Thank was God, the worst team them. at that tournament. Oh, I don't think it was close. I don't. Yeah.
1: No, I mean, that, there's, there's four or three top ten teams potentially last year to end the yeah. year in that tournament yeah. but i totally forgot about that tournament so i'll uh, i'll take that w um honestly yeah, right. but i i was not trying to call you out i legitimately forgot about that tournament
0: well yeah no i remember when i'm wrong you were you're right um sometimes
1: it's better to be lucky than good tobias on that um so they play northwestern state they play sam houston state grambling state Abilene Christian, I, I don't think it's fair for
0: us. Don't skip that. Don't skip that UH game. No, no, don't no. Skip no.
1: I, I was doing it for a reason. I was doing it for a reason. Okay. I, I, I was, okay. I promise. Oh. I skipped two games actually for a reason there. Yeah. Um, but you look at those games right there in the terms of, you know, the Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, Abilene Christian, Grambling State, and you're like, okay, those obviously are not, oh my God, look who we're playing games. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I think fans and media members need to limit their expectations in terms of the schedule, mostly because COVID, you know, this, this schedule was going to be a lot better. You were going to play number one, Gonzaga. You were going to play potentially in Auburn as well. Um, You know, you still get to play Houston, but you were going to play potentially, you know, two top 10 teams um, there because you had Gonzaga first, and then you were potentially going to play Auburn in another aspect of another tournament. So for me, I mean, this is, this is a solid one, all things considered, yeah. um, especially since you get to play a top 15 team in the Cougars. I promise I was not trying to overlook them, Tobias. I just wanted to spend a little bit more time there. Uh, but, no, the Houston team. And then I think another one that goes unnoticed a little bit, that St. John's game.
0: St. John, St. John's yeah. isn't bad. They're not bad.
1: I mean, So, I mean, I was overall, considering the circumstances, I thought it was an okay schedule for non-conference.
0: Well, two this, you know, a few things. In. I wasn't calling you out because I thought you skipped it. I was saying it because, you know, we finally, you know, this is what I've wanted. I've wanted us to play U of H for like the last two years. And, you know, cause U of H, they've been talking that crap down there about, you know, we're better. I, I expect they have a good team this year, but I, I expect Tech to go to play them and take care of business. But that's besides the point. I was saying strictly because, you know, people have been, people have wanted to see, you know, Texas and U of, you know, U of H play for, you know, some time now. I'm one of those people. So that's why I thought you were uh, saying it. But as um, far as the schedule, though, yeah, I mean, I think, like you said, I think we have to damnly limit our expectations because due to COVID. But, I mean, for me, you know, the ESPN and these other big networks, they were having trouble, you know, scheduling games, you know, like television-wise. Well, for me, I was just thinking about it. I was just like, well, you know, sure, it's going to be tough, but we need to just make this as simple as possible, you know, Play teams that are close to you, and I think they did that. They play teams that are, you know, geographically they're just close to Tech. You know, some you know, you know, U of H is nine hours out, but they're, where are they playing at? You know, they're playing, you know, where in in the middle? They're playing where in um, yeah, they're playing in Fort Worth. They're playing Lily right in the middle, both both about four and a half, five hours away. So I think that we just need to teams need to just simply – it. You know, of course, you know, you want to go all over the country and play these really good teams and whatnot, but I mean. Just play teams closer until you were dealing with something that we didn't foresee coming, and you know it's kind of like, do you want to have a season type of thing? Because if you if you want to have a season, unfortunately this year, you're pro- other than an anomaly like we're playing, say, Johns, you're probably gonna want to play teams geographically closer to you and get those games in. Because like you said. You do this the right way, you could get 10, 12 games in before conference. I don't know. We're not playing 12, but you can get eight to 10 games in, which is, I think, a a fair amount. That's about how much you would have played usually, a little less. But that's about how much you would have played before conference anyway.
1: And the weird thing is, too, that they play Incarnate Ward after conference play has already started. Yeah. In the schedule. Two games up, Two games You know, you play Kansas, Oklahoma, and then you play Incarnate Ward Uh, word I should say on December 29th so I mean for me I mean that Houston game makes it everything in my opinion it it, it makes the whole non-conference okay and don't forget in non-conference too they got to go down to Baton Rouge
0: yeah they have a good team
1: so I mean that's a team right there where we're gonna get to watch Mac McClung and then we're gonna watch Sharif O'Neal yeah you know those are two hey, stars man. right there. Obviously, one is more proven than the other, you know, because O'Neal definitely had to have some health issues and stuff like that. I think this schedule sets up really, really nice for Texas Tech because you look at it, you get out of your home gym a little bit. You don't have to go too far, right? You know, it's only Frisco right. and Fort Worth, but you get to play in a big arena like Dickies mm-hmm. Arena in downtown Fort Worth against Houston. Then you got to go back to the Metroplex, and you play in Comerica Center against Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, obviously not the greatest opponent in the world, but you get out of your own gym. And you get to yeah. go places and everything like that. So, I think that's really, really critical. And now, when I look at the schedule, Tobias, let's just run through it real quick. What do you think Texas Tech goes in the non-conference?
0: Um, including the LSU game?
1: Yeah, let's include the LSU game.
0: Um, not going to lie, I don't, I, don't, I don't think they lose the game. I don't.
1: So, you think they go 9 no?
0: Yeah, LSU has a good team. They have, you know, one of the best freshmen in the country, Cameron Thomas. You know, Paul Binder Carter thinks he's the best scorer in the country as a freshman. We'll see, but he's super talented. But I think that, um, I think Tech they might have a scare. You know, St. John's, Shear to playing them in, you know, New York. Um, U of H has a good team. I think U of H probably could scare them, but and LSU maybe. But I, I think I don't think they lose the game. I don't.
1: Yeah, the only reason that like I I would pick Tech. I mean, obviously the one that's going to scare them the most is the u of h game like you said yeah but it also helps tech i don't know how many people are going to be allowed in dickey's arena um let's just assume 25 or 50 percent. but you got to remember what the metroplex is and that's basically just texas tech east um so that's really going to help texas tech in that regard so i mean i'm kind of right there with you so they start let's just say they go nine and oh in non-conference right what did you have them again going um in the regular season, in terms of Big 12 play, Tobias?
0: I had them losing to Baylor and Kansas once.
1: Did you have them at West. 13 and 5, or did you have them at 12 and 6? I think
0: 13, 13 and 5. 13 so you five. have
1: Texas Tech going 22 and 5 this year. Yeah. Right now on November, what is yeah. it, 4th?
0: Yeah. Yeah. 22 and
1: 5. I, I probably am right there with you. I think they're probably going to be in that 23 to 21 range. Big 12 is rough um and speaking of i mean you look at it we'll go to ken palm now we'll transition over there from the schedule a little bit my god my god yeah. does ken palm love the big 12 this year like yeah. jesus okay and if you don't know what ken palm is it's um the uh, ken is advanced analysis of college basketball um he does ratings from you know adjusted offense adjusted defense um, a luck factor, strength of schedule, all kinds of stuff. It's really cool. Go check it out. It's skinpalm.com. He's probably one of the most trusted guys in college basketball, at least in my opinion, in terms of ranking um, teams throughout the year. And these are volatile. So it'll change. So say Texas tech beats Kansas, they'll jump ahead of Kansas, but maybe yeah. not. They might fall back because there's something that he sees in his algorithm or whatnot, but it's one of the most trusted algorithms out there. But you look at what his rankings have right now, he has Baylor at number one. No surprise there for anybody, Tobias. Gonzaga number two, no surprise at all. What really caught my eye, Tobias, though, is if you look at the adjusted, you know, percentage of everything in terms of efficiency met margin – yeah. he basically has it as a three horse race in terms of the best teams in the country it's Baylor yeah. Gonzaga and then Duke and then there's a pretty substantial drop-off more than a point after that yeah to Villanova and then there's a pretty substantial drop-off after that more than a point to Kansas Texas Tech and so on and so forth
0: yeah I mean it's, that definitely is pretty weird I'm Duke they have a good team I'm kind of surprised they're at three I mean you know do they don't have a good team? Have a good team every year, but that kind of it's kind of weird. Have a significant dropout. Like you look at Duke at what twenty six point three five, and you have what tech the three points you know lower than them. You know what I mean? It's kind of kind of kind of odd, but you know, and only three rankings.
1: rankings different.
0: Right, right, yeah, so,
1: yeah. It, it, it's interesting because you know my favorite thing to do is obviously the. Um, efficiency margin is something to look at no doubt but I really like looking at the adjusted offense the adjusted defense per 100 possessions and if you look at that Texas Tech has the fifth ranked defense in the country no surprise there. the number one team in the country according to Ken Palm is Michigan or Virginia I'm sorry no surprise there we know how great they are Wisconsin's number two then if you look three is Texas that's kind of surprising four is Kansas and then five is Texas Tech so three of the top five teams in the country defensive wise are in the big 12 12. and then texas tech has the 14th ranked adjusted offense according to kim bond
0: yeah i mean i like where it is so far i think the adjusted offense i think it'll i mean it'll give us some time we have a bunch of new pieces coming in there but i think the adjusted offense will go up at some point i would probably say probably after that st john's game maybe right before big 12 or after the first couple of games in the big 12 but it seems high though right
1: 14 that seems a little high
0: I think if you have firepower like that, though. I think you kind of have to put them in a different, um, you no, know, different, different, different type of, different type of place, because you know you just you have firepower like that. The biggest thing that concerned me is just, like I said, this Texas hype. We talked about this before, but I hope it goes well, because they're gonna get shocked out, kicked out the door, because, if I hope it goes well, that's all I'm gonna say. I hope it goes well.
1: Yeah, I mean, and if you like, we talked about five of the top nine teams according to Ken Palm are in the Big 12 right now and then you look at it Oklahoma's 31 Oklahoma State's 33 so you have seven of the 10 teams in your conference in the top 33 aka seven teams in your conference are getting votes to be in the top 25 because if you're ranked 33rd you're going to be getting at least a couple of votes right so that is I think it's a testament to how great the Big 12 is projected to be this year I mean you know last year and Probably the year before, we would say that the ACC was probably the best team in the co- or the best conference yeah. in the country. I think you yeah. can legitimately argue now that from top to bottom, in terms of strength of conference, just team for team, yeah. the Big Twelve has to be number one.
0: It has to be number one, but you know, Big Ten fans they really think they have the best conference in the country. I don't. They have some. They have some good teams, but they do. They, they do. But I think that. I agree with you. I think the Big 12 um, definitely has, you know, a better team. Even look at Kansas State, is probably going to be the worst team in the conference. They're 113. Yeah. So, I mean, you look at it. And I I think they're better
1: than that, by the way. I think, you know. They're
0: just young. They're just really young. Bruce
1: Weber makes them play really hard up there in Manhattan. Yeah. So, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they're, you know, at some point during the year, get into the Ken Palm, you know, top 80 or something like that, right?
0: I want to talk one more thing about – scheduling i want to see how this affects scheduling you know obviously for this year but you know next year going forward i think that you might see a significant um change in scheduling what i mean by this for example you have syracuse and miami they're in the same conference they're both in acc instead of syracuse going from up there in new york down to miami playing a game to coming back home that night i think you're going to start seeing teams do with the NBA is thinking about doing this. You're going to have Syracuse go to Miami. You're going to play Miami, Florida in, that, in the same, you know, what, three to five days, then go back. If they're going to the Carolinas, they're going to play, you know, Wake Forest, Duke, North Carolina all in the same week or so, then go back home. I think you're going to start seeing teams doing that potentially going forward because, one, it just makes sense because, one, it saves money, it saves, you know, time. And also, you know, with viruses and, you know, unpredictable unfortunate events happening around, I think that'll that be something that I think the NCAA might take a look at. I think this is going to just change. I also think it's going to change things with um, tournaments. You know, especially for this year, you know, you know have the NCAA has a rule where, you know, teams in the same conference, they can't be like in the same um, tournament or whatever, in the preseason tournament. I think that, you know, for this year, if you're going to have tournaments, screw it. There's no rules because – you're in an unfortunate circumstance and you know the um the 2k challenge they do every every year in new york why do we need to have four teams playing a back-to-back with no fans have these two teams playing over here in a different city have these two teams playing a different there's no need to have a back-to-back anymore at least not for this year there's no fans i think this will be something that you see that will affect scheduling going forward
1: yeah it's going to be really interesting i think you know um what's that old saying and uncertain times you know people prevail and things change or something along those lines right. and you know there's obviously it just has to be a new way of thinking with how COVID has impacted the world and you know some of those things where you have to get creative and outside of the box think outside of the box are going to help long term like you're saying so yeah it's going to be really interesting to see how really maybe even maybe it's just even certain conferences adapt yeah. a certain thing it might not just be like universal across
0: yeah but uh,
1: basketball, yeah. but it might be, you know, strictly like you said, it might just be an ACC thing. And then the big yeah. 12 does something different as well. Um, it's going to be really yeah. interesting to see how they navigate this and really just implement changes moving forward.
0: I think that the conference that will probably be most open to would definitely have to be the ACC. Cause you know, you go literally from the whole top of the East coast all the way down to the bottom of Florida. I think that maybe, um, the Pac-12 could do it, you know. Also, I think that this might shift conferences around in a year or so. Because I mean, it's kind of weird that you know, Baylor has to go to West Virginia. That's weird. Like that's that's weird to me, you know. So I think that you know, like the Zag and the that conference that is just awful, you know. Maybe they can combine them with you know the Pac-12. We'll see what happens. But I think that this also might you might you might see some movement around with conferences because it just makes geographical sense. I shouldn't have to go from. Waco to West Virginia, that, that doesn't make geographical sense when you're over there by ACC schools. And they, plus, they have an odd number. You want to yeah, even that number up.
1: I don't, I don't see – I get where you're coming from, but just uh, the one point that stood out to me the, was the Gonzaga one.
0: Um, yeah, because they don't have football. They don't have football in other sports. W-
1: well, there's, there's no way in hell they join – the pac and it's not even football related it's just because they dominate their damn conference no, yeah no, no they're, not, they're
0: not gonna do it
1: yeah they're not gonna yeah. do that like no, there's no reason for them to you know they're already dominating and recruiting and then they're gonna go what 32 and one every year or something like that
0: yeah no I mean I wouldn't blame them for doing I mean, it, it doesn't make sense for them like I said you're gonna go
1: yeah, there's no reason
0: 15 and 1 you're gonna go 15 and 1 every year Your conference to win 30 games they're gonna be a one seed every year
1: or you gonna you, just, you? you're just going to roll your conference and go undefeated.
0: Yeah, exactly. You're going you know, to be a one seed at, at the minimum. Yeah. So, um,
1: yeah so just looking at Ken Palm again, I wanted to look at the non-conference games that kind of stood out, right, for Texas Tech. So really it was, you know, Houston, LSU, and St. John's. St. John's is the lowest on the scale for Texas Tech in non-conference in terms of those big three teams that I'm looking at right now. St. John's is 72nd right now, but you look at where LSU and Houston is, Houston right now is 22 on Ken Palm and LSU is 37. So those Mm -hmm. are some quality non-conference opponents. And St. John's for all we know, by the time that, you know, they get up there, St. John's, I I saw Jeff Goodman today from, I forget where he's affiliated with, maybe the stadium. Stadium. Yeah, the stadium. I always forget him, by the way. Um, But they, uh, but St. John's is actively trying to add, more quality competition to their non-conference schedule. So it's going to be interesting to see. Maybe by the time Texas Tech plays them, they're not 70 anymore. Maybe they're in the 50s or something like that. And that's another quality of win or potential win for Texas Tech. And at the same time, I'll I'll say this. Texas Tech could be playing non-conference games only in the region of, you know, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. It has absolutely no bearing on what their seed is going to be because the Big 12 is so goddamn hard this year.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, it it doesn't matter at all. Like legitimately, and Tobias was talking about this before the show, and he should definitely talk about this um, on air too. Oklahoma State has the chance to still play in the Mm -hmm. tournament this year, according to their head coach, Mike Boykin. So you could legitimately have seven Mm -hmm. teams Mm -hmm. in the Big 12 Mm -hmm. go to the tournament.
0: Yeah, I mean, people – I know a lot of people have seen, you know, Oklahoma State can't go to the tournament due to those violations. But people got to understand when he came into that, he wasn't part of the staff that was getting accused – you know, for those violations. So, if the NCAA tournament did start today, which is not, but if it did, Oklahoma State would still be eligible to go to the uh, NCAA tournament. Coach Boyden said that, you know, the paperwork the paper hasn't been officially filed and it hasn't went through. So, as of today, they still are eligible. But he said if it does get pushed through and they are, you know, banned or they can't go this year, they already have their appeal ready and they're going to fight it. And I am mean, I Archie talk about this off air. If they do – if it does get to that point, I – pretty confident that the NCAA is going to overturn that appeal and Oklahoma State will be – if if they're eligible, they're going to go to the tournament because you, to, you want to have Kate Cunningham in front of, you know, however many fans are going to be there plus the TV deals.
1: That's that's the reason why I agree yeah. with you. It's strictly yeah. – it's just one individual. It's Kate Cunningham. He's a top right. three pick in the NBA draft. The NCAA wants to capitalize monetarily yeah. off of that. Especially this year. Yes, because it, – it, we don't know how many people are going to be in the crowd this year. We we know this for sure. Um, I can guarantee you with every ounce of my being, there will be a March madness this year because the NCAA will not lose another billion dollars. They won't Like regardless of if no fans are in the crowd, they don't care. The TV rights have to happen for them this year. They lost way too much money. So I think really um, if, if you're the NCAA, okay. Like you're, if you're the NCAA, aren't you hoping they appeal? Um, just because it's yeah. like, well, if they appealed. Yeah. It's not. It, it's not the coach that we wanted. You know, it was under yeah. Underwood. Like, oh, that sucks. Yeah. You know, I guess we have to let the number one prospect in the 2021 draft yeah. play in the tournament. Like, damn, you know, sucks. I guess that and, sucks.
0: And it's kind of crazy how that whole deal is being like kind of swept under like, You don't even hear about the. Like, don't get me wrong. A bunch of other stuffs going on, but at least in the college basketball space, you don't even hear about that anymore and again even in college basketball a ton of stuff is going on but it's just kind of odd that you know like will wade and them are still being investigated at lsu you know you don't even really hear about it anymore so i don't really know what that means i'm just speculating but that is kind of odd that you don't even hear about it anymore
1: yeah it is kind of weird in the sense of um that's a big time deal you know oklahoma state um especially with the number one player in the class of 2021 in terms of the nba draft class i should say um, definitely a little interesting. So, Tobias, real quick, just a couple rapid-fire questions. I haven't – I'm just thinking of these off the top of my head, right? So, you said Texas mm-hmm. Tech goes 9-0 and in non-conference, okay? All right. They beat – and they go the record that you said. Again, it was, what, 22-5, and five, I believe, Time. right? Yeah. What are they in the tournament seating-wise?
0: Three, they'll probably be the first or second-best three-seed.
1: Okay, where do they finish in the
0: Big 12? We're going
1: to do this again. This is just an exercise right now. We'll do this again probably – what? We'll probably have a podcast on the 24th. That way we can literally just talk basketball for literally maybe two hours Mm -hmm. straight, uh, Mm -hmm. break down everything uh, for Texas Tech, a big season preview. But it's fun to talk about right now. Obviously, a lot can change in 20 days. But So you said a three seed, the first or second one, and then what – sorry, before I interrupted you, I just want to put that caveat out there.
0: Yeah. Oh, I think that in the Big 12, I think they'll they'll, they'll probably finish third. Third? I mean, it's possible they could could definitely finish second, but, I mean, you're going to be banking on Baylor and Kansas, you know. Well, you're definitely going to have to beat them at least once each. Then you're going to have to hope they're losing to West Virginia or Texas or maybe Oklahoma State can get them. Okay. How many teams in the Big 12
1: make it if Oklahoma State is eligible?
0: Yeah. Baylor, Kansas, Tech, Texas, Oklahoma State, West Virginia – I forget anybody oklahoma oklahoma will be on the fringe right now i'm comfortable with six okay right now I'm i think that's with six.
1: okay yeah so don't give me your bold prediction i know what your bold prediction is for texas yeah. tech right give me your realistic prediction for texas tech in terms of how far they make it in the tournament right now again mac mcclung got his waiver uh, we didn't even talk about that mac mcclung getting his waiver yeah. um but I think at this point, it's old news and everybody's talked about it. Yeah. So, and if you want to know what we think, go to gunsupnation.com and read the article about it. Um, realistically, not your bold prediction again, where do you think Texas Tech goes in the tournament? And don't say your um, bold prediction either because that's hot. We, if you say your bold prediction right now, this podcast is going to turn into like a four-hour podcast. And I ain't got time to do that. I'm moving soon, Tobias. I got to pack.
0: Uh, I think realistically, I think Sweet 16 is – very um, realistic, you know. I think if, you know, even if things go decently well, you know, I doubt we have any chemistry issues because beard will able to fix all that. But let's say the team doesn't shoot as well, I guess, as we thought they will or think they will. I think Sweet 16 is, um, is, 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 is fair. I think Sweet 16 is fair.
1: Yeah, I think at worst it's round of 32. Um, yeah. You know, especially if you're a three. I mean, you could, it wouldn't shock yeah, me if the six mean, beat them.
0: Yeah, no, yeah it, wouldn't, yeah, it wouldn't shock me if a six beat him. It's just I want to see who this who this six is, one. Sure. No, it definitely two, depends you know, on the
1: opponent, absolutely. Yeah,
0: for sure, because, I mean, you know, if this is, like, for example, unfortunately, but, like, you look at East Tennessee State last year, they had a team full of seniors, and I they were one of the teams who I thought last year they were going to upset some people. Well, obviously, that team, they had, like, seven seniors that played, like, 90-plus percent of them, and all of them were gone. So that so a team like that, you know, if they have to reload, let's say they squeak into the tournament, well, it's probably going to be tough because you don't have all those seniors. That you're not saying you can't beat a team like Tech, but it, the whole ball game has just changed due to from last year because everyone left now. But you know, going forward, your grad transfers can come back, but unfortunately, on last year, then they couldn't come back, so it was just a different ball game.
1: Yeah, I, I for me, um, I'm not saying around the thirty-two is where they'll. End up. I, yeah. I agree with you. I think it's Sweet 16 um, and maybe even further. But again, we'll save those takes for another day. Um, the thing that really you, you brought up that kind of stood out to me was the shooting aspect of it. Um, mm-hmm. I'll say this, and I, I, I've talked about it a little bit as well on uh, gunsupnation.com is that Mac McClung is going to shoot exponentially higher you should. from three. Um, here at Texas Tech, a lot of people forget he was the guy at Georgetown again. Um, big East, nowhere near the conference that the Big 12 is. I don't think anybody would try and even say that.
0: Guys, um, they had like six guys transferring in the middle of the year, and their second, well, the third best player, the big foreign guy, he got hurt. So
1: it, well, and, uh, and everything had to go through Mac even before those guys got hurt. It, it was really once that guy transferred to Arizona. Yeah, um, yeah. And, you know, when you look at Mac McClung, Is he a guy that can create himself? Yeah. I mean, he can. But that's not the strength of his game. The strength of his game is to catch the ball, make a jab, one dribble, and then he pulls up or he's at the rim and he's yamming on somebody or he's just straight pulling up. What I'm really, really excited to see is how much off-ball Mac McClung plays because Mm -hmm. if Mac McClung is asked to, you know, be an off-ball guy, run the baseline, slash – and just go baseline through a screen or two to get open in the corner for a three, this kid might shoot like 37%, 38% from three. And I know that sounds crazy that his percentage can go up that high, but I mean, I I'm kind of lowering expectations in my head because I really want to say he could shoot over 40% in this Beards motion offense from three. If it's the catch and shoot variety.
0: Well, I think, you know, one for tech you're going to see a lot of, um, you know, multi-guard lineups. I think that's one thing you're gonna see from the You're gonna see a bunch of three, four guard lineups. I wanna see what role does Beard have in play? Like is it gonna be the role of what you're just saying? Is he gonna be coming off pin downs, curling around, running around? Is that what he's gonna do? Cause you know, for a guy that did a complete opposite of that last year, that's a lot, you know, one is a big transition. It's also a lot to give up. You know, he's used to having the ball in his hands from high school Absolutely. to college. So one, you know, I don't think that he won't buy in. It's just that, you know. He has to learn, you know, changing a going from a new role is like night and day you know, two completely different things. We talked about this before. So I wanna see what role is he going to be used in. Cause like I said, it's pretty much for me. I just see whoever gets the rebound, push it pretty much because you're going to probably be seeing three to four guards, at least a, maybe, maybe a wing in Shannon, but you're going to see three to four guys that can handle the ball very, very well at the same time for the most part. And so
1: man, I'm not opposed to Shannon dribbling the ball. I don't know. Not at all. Not at all.
0: Not at all. just You know, if he's going to be your second biggest player, if he's bringing the ball, I'm perfectly okay with it. You know, I'm, I'm cool with that. So, you know, if Matt doesn't get the rebound, just run lanes.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, it's going to be interesting. And I think you're talking about running lanes – I think that sets up perfectly for what I was saying about Mac McCullough shooting better. Oh, definitely. Because when you you talk about it, again, it is a lot to give up. But at the same time, I think Mac knew what Coach Beard wanted him to do um, when he came here. He wouldn't have came here if he didn't buy into Coach Beard, right? Mac Mm -hmm. wants to go to the NBA. He obviously put his name in the draft. Didn't like what he saw. Transferred to a school that has proven that if you transfer in here – typically you have a good chance at going to the pros, whether that's the yeah. G League and you work your way up or, you know, just really strictly just developing talent, whether that's Zaire, yeah. um, Culver, Jemias Ramsey to an extent. I mean, really, it's just – again, and I, and I said this on the air um, with Casey. I was on the bottom line on uh, 100.7 of the score on Friday. Would it shock you, Tobias, at all if there's four guys that get drafted from Texas Tech
0: this year? No, no. I, no, it wasn't I wasn't even going to even say it wasn't a problem if five got drafted.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't want to push five because I, I agree with you, but I just didn't want to push it. I yeah. want to be a little no, bit conservative. But I, I think there's five guys that could legitimately get drafted if yeah. Texas Tech clicks on not even all cylinders, just yeah. clicks really well.
0: Yeah, I mean, Namari, if he averages 12, 13 points a game, five rebounds, four he'll be a lottery pick. He'll be right but Back outside. end
1: of it, back end of it, but he'll be a lottery yeah. pick.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, if Shannon, you know, we have a bunch of high expectations for him, but even if he cuts his short and he averages 15 a game and he shows the ability to, you know, shoot the three a little bit better. If he's not a lottery pick, he'll be right outside of it. Yeah. Uh, my, he hot aver-
1: take, my hot take is on Terrence Shannon. Sorry to interrupt, but I'll, I'll save yeah. my hot take for Sh- Terrence Shannon later.
0: I think Mac McClung, you know, next year's draft is going to be one of the most, you know, everyone people are going to be going to see abnormally crazy tanking next year for next year's draft, and next year's draft is sexy. And you know, I think if Mac McClung, you know, averages ten points a game and he shows the ability to create a shot, he'll definitely be a second round pick at the minimum. You know, I think thing, that you know
1: we're not even talking about Michael Peavy yet. What, yeah, he they, was the last would, one.
0: The time. Yeah. Would
1: he? Would it shock you? Like, obviously, I I think it would shock me in a sense, but at the same time, like. He has more talent, and he's more highly recruited at least. Would it shock you if he had a meteoric rise like Zaire Smith?
0: No. It wouldn't shock no, me. Cause, no, because, I mean, the the the, the versatility is going to be there. You're going to see all the type of, you know, but are going to put him in a lot of different spots defensively. You're going to see him be able to do a lot of different things offensively. And like I said, next year, if you can get like, – let's say he pops, right? If you're telling me I could get him at – because next year's draft is is, is is very good all the way around. But, you know, the top five picks are, you know, they play decent. You know who they're probably going to be. If I can get Micah PV at 18, I got to steal.
1: Well, I mean, I, I was even thinking Micah PV in the second round. Like, or late oh, first round, early second, if, if he, you know, in that 31, 32
0: range. If he averages 12 points a game and he's usually vertical I get him in the second round, that could be the steal of the draft. I know we're looking at long term from now. But if I'm getting oh, a player yeah. that talented in the second round, good Lord.
1: Well, yeah, and, and to be fair, I don't even know if he'd leave at that point, you know,
0: right. yeah. because, you know, right. if
1: he stays and he, he has not even a Culver leap forward, but just a little leap forward. We're talking, you he know, he goes through. from 12 points to 15, and it's 15, five, through. and four, something like that, with maybe like he a steal and a block sprinkled in. He's top ten pick.
0: Yeah, e- easily.
1: Because he can guard four positions. Easy.
0: Yeah, then I, I said he's only going to get better and stronger. I mean, you would have to pick him in the ladder if, that, if that's what happens.
1: Yeah, and and we'll talk about those guys a little bit more once it gets closer to um, tip off, and we'll have a bold prediction show, like I said, probably on the 23rd or 24th, where I'll tell you what, Tech fans, um, you will like Tobias' scorching hot take. Tobias, you got one more thing? What's up?
0: Oh, the second thing was, too, just not lasting on the guys getting drafted, if Santos Hill doesn't get drafted, he will be one of the first teams that people – one of the first guys people call after the draft. He will be yeah. one of the first three to five guys that that teams call. And I think Joel, if he plays any what decent and shows coachability and skill, I think he will also be one of the first guys that people will call when the draft is over. Yeah.
1: No. Um, I, I agree. I mean, there's guys on this team that – some of these guys won't get drafted that we're talking about just strictly, they won't right but at the same time the potential is there and we didn't even bring up jabarius burton who we don't know how much he's going to play this year but he could next year come in and he could get drafted the next year after that if he wants to come in and do the role that he wants to but um again we'll talk a lot more about basketball leading up we're about we're well we're three weeks away tobias as of today Three weeks away from Texas Tech tipping off against Northwestern State at the USA, and we'll have a um, preseason extravaganza. I don't even know what the hell we're going to call that. Um, But it's going to be like an hour and 30 minutes, two hours, because Tobias has got a bold take on this team. I've got a bold take on this team. He's got a bold take on a player. I've got a bold take on a player. You've got a bold take on a player. We all have bold takes on this team, right? And it's going to be a lot – so be sure to go follow at GunsUpNation and at GunsUpVoice on Twitter. Get those basketball questions in. We will answer them on the podcast. Um, and, man, this is going to be fun. It, it, here's the thing, Tobias, and, and this is going to sound awful, but there's no way that basketball can let me down. You know why? Sure. Because because sure. it's going to be fun regardless, right? Yeah, It's going to be fun regardless um, in the sense of we're watching guys in the sense of, if Texas, let, let's say, I think this is honestly worst case scenario for Texas Tech, and I don't think it'll happen. But let's just say they're, they're like the same exact team as last year, right? Struggling on the bubble to get in. I don't there's think it'll so happen, but let's just say they are, right? Um, you're still going to get to see guys like Mac, You're still going to get to see Namari. And the great thing is yeah. about it, um, if they're a nine seed, they're probably the most dangerous nine seed in the tournament. Yeah. no, so, yeah, I mean, there's sure. no way they let us down. Like it, they're going to the tournament next year, unless just unforeseen things that we can't even possibly comprehend or imagine happen.
0: No, for yeah. No things that like I don't even want to like discuss would have to happen yeah. for, for this team not for this team to not make the tournament. What I'm interested to see is too. You know, there's probably not going to be a bunch of fans, but I want to see how much. um you know, hype comes with this team and how beard is able... He's, he's going to do a great job with his beard, but how much is he going to be able to control that? Because, I mean, you know, it's kind of hard. If you start the season six, seven, eight, and 0, oh, you're going to feel invincible. And I want to see how does he manage that? One, because, you know, the team's really, really good. The expectations are high. But also, I mean, you have... macroclunk is famous. Lamar bernetta is famous. These guys are, you know, they're... I don't think technically, not recently, they haven't had, you know, this much like, you know, star power and captivating players on this team. You know, it's, it's polarizing. Hell, I'm damn near sweating talking about it now. But it's just, there's so much, you know, excitement with this team. You know, you have pros, future pros, you know, just talent all over the field or all over the court, I might say. Media, you know, that, that, that field house game in Fort Worth, I think that game's going to be crazy. I really do.
1: Yeah, it's it's going to be really interesting um, to see how that Dickies game in Fort Worth at the Dickies crazy. Arena. I mean, it's – um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm excited. Three weeks away. We're three weeks and what, a few hours away from Texas Tech basketball yeah. tipping off, and yeah. it's going to be a hell of a ride. I got the four Final Four poster up now, Tobias. I don't dude. know if you noticed that. Yeah, um, dude. I got that up now. Um, still one of the craziest experience I can safely say for both for of us sure. in our lifetimes. Yeah, um, for sure. But, man, if they go there again, whew, yeah. we, we, we might be in for we, we. And they have the potential to do it. I don't yeah, think do. either of us right now would say it's going to happen, but maybe one of us will.
0: Yeah, maybe. You're going to
1: have to wait and see on those bold predictions when we uh, get closer to the tip-off of the season. So go follow at guns up nation and at guns up voice. You can follow him. He's Tobias Bass. You can follow him at Tobias underscore Bass on Twitter. You can follow me, RC Maxfield at RCMB three, two, three. We'll be back next time, guys. We're going to be talking about Texas tech basketball a little bit more. Cause we're going to know a little bit more about practices. We're going to know a little bit more about what are these rotations slowly starting to look like? Uh, we're going to know a lot more here in the coming days, but If you haven't already, go check out the non-conference schedule. We talk about it on GunsUpNation.com. Go on there, comment, interact. It's one of the best fan sites there is right now. But, again, he's Tobias Bass, at Tobias underscore Bass on Twitter. I'm RC Maxfield, at RCMB323. Be sure to go follow Nation on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll catch you all next time, guys, and be sure to wear a mask.
0: Thanks for listening to the Guns Up Nation podcast. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the podcast hosts and do not reflect the opinions of Texas Tech University or its affiliates. Visit our website at GunsUpNation.com for more Texas Tech news. Thanks again and Guns Up.